0: Welcome to Greenbull Radio. I'm your host, Kendall Titchener. On the show, we share how notable leaders apply environment, social, and governance factors in business. Dr. Wal Van Lierop is the executive chairman and founding partner of global venture capital fund Chrysolex. Based in Vancouver, he launched Chrysalix in 2001 and is recognized for his expertise and thought leadership in industrial and innovation, energy, and cleantech. Today, we discuss how VCs can screen for ESG in the companies they invest in and what the future of venture capitalism may look like. Thanks for joining me all.
1: Thank you for having me, Campbell.
0: Uh, I'd like to start by having you introduce yourself. Uh, Tell us about you.
1: Well, you already uh, started with what I'm doing currently and have been doing for the past almost 20 years, uh, leading Quizlix in Vancouver. Quizlix is a uh, leading global venture capital firm focused on innovations in the cleantech area, uh, but also automation, robotics, and ESG. Uh, Prior to that, I was the VP of uh, Strategy and business development for West Coast Energy, at the time one of the leading Canadian energy companies. Uh, we merged that in 2001 together with Duke. But West Coast uh, had utilities all over North America, pipelines, but big in the natural gas business. Uh, also had gas fired power plants in China, in Indonesia. Uh, we uh, put a pipeline in Mexico. Uh, to uh, which at the time still still not CO2 to keep up the pressure of the semi-depleted oil fields there. Prior to uh, West Coast, I was with McKinsey uh, for eight years in the Netherlands. And prior to that, I was a university professor. Uh, And so people sometimes say that uh, I bring a strange... uh, background to environment and uh, the energy world, because I have the perspective of a university professor. I have the perspective of a leading international consultant with McKinsey. I have uh, looked at the industry from the perspective of uh, an executive in the boardroom of a large energy company And uh, since 2001, I had the perspective of a venture capitalist interested in small, innovative startups in this industry.
0: How did you get into venture capitalism?
1: I've always on the side been involved with innovative companies. Uh, At McKinsey, we uh, were were already in the... uh, in the early '90s, very actively looking on how to stimulate innovative companies. We had a very big uh, uh, startup business competition in Europe, in which I was involved. Uh, when I came to Canada, I uh, repeated that here on the site. Uh, this is called New Ventures BC, still one of the leading uh, business plan competitions, and and. Uh, uh, a training grounds for young companies in Canada. Uh, and then when I was at West Coast Energy, I worked very hard on uh, innovation for that large conglomerate and was working actually on an internal corporate venturing group. Uh, and when we merged uh, uh, West Coast with Duke in 2001. What uh, actually happened is that uh, instead of going with, uh, with that company to the Carolinas or to Houston, I decided to spin out uh, the uh, innovative stuff, and that became Chrysalis. Uh, and the reason why I wanted to stay in Vancouver is pure personal. Uh, my wife is from Vancouver, and that's the reason why I live here.
0: What is your investment strategy?
1: The investment strategy is to find groundbreaking, uh, step change focused innovation and go in very early uh, so that we can help the entrepreneurs really shape the company. So we get in very early, we take a substantial part of the, uh, the ownership. And over time, uh, while we keep contributing Uh, in the investments, we will dilute ourselves a little bit down, but the target is that at the moment of exit, we still own about 15% of the company because in venture capital, uh, ownership is really important.
0: Can you tell us about some of the companies you've invested in?
1: Yeah, we have uh, invested uh, in companies uh, like Swante, uh, prior to, uh, to a year ago was called Inventors, But SwanteS is absolutely one of the leading companies globally in CO2 capture. Uh, cost in CO2 capture is a problem. Swante has a very novel approach. Swante's novel approach uh, gives them a clear path uh, currently already to $50 per ton. But in the future, this should be going to $30 per ton, maybe even lower. And so we see that Swante is uh, at the forefront of the emerging carbon capture market, which is uh, very uh, attractively supported by the 45Q regulation in the US. That means that around $50, you could probably... Uh, become profitable so uh, large investors from all over the world are looking at this with great interest because they think that uh, uh, we could be at the point with carbon capture where solar was 10 years ago just before many large project finance players started to put a lot of money in these enormous solar fields in which they made a significant money so the, the emerging carbon capture uh, uh, market uh, is drawing currently a lot of initial interest from very large financial players from all over the world. And that is very attractive. Uh, on the more esoteric side of, uh, of uh, companies, Chryslix has invested in, uh, there is, for example, general fusion. So this is fusion energy the holy grail of clean tech, because it provides clean, safe, cheap, abundant energy. Now, people have said for the longest time, uh, fusion energy, that is 30 years out from now. Uh, No, fusion has its time has come. General Fusion is one of the current 25 commercial fusion companies that is uh, that has left currently the lab and is in the engineering phase. They are working very hard on their first demo plant, which should be up and running by 2025. And uh, by 2030, maybe even 2028, the first commercial fusion plant should be up and running. And that would be fantastic because this is something the world really needs. We have made great strides with wind and solar, but people start to realize that if you really want to go to total carbon neutral, it is impossible with wind and solar biomass and supported by batteries. We need something else. And fusion is there to uh, to provide that edge what we need. You you will say, do we really need this? And then I will say, well, talk to the big players in the, the uh, vast industrial areas in the world who under the Paris Agreement have committed to uh, phase out their coal-fired power plants and they have to replace them with something new in the early 30s. These decisions are uh, uh, going to be made in the next few years. What will be the alternative? And all of them are scrambling. How do you fire? A, a steel plant, a aluminum plant, uh, large chemical complexes with wind and solar it is really difficult. So there is a lot of interest in a new source of power. And like I said, uh, fusion energy can provide clean, safe, cheap, abundant energy. And, uh, and so it's, uh, w- we have great hopes that uh, we will see a breakthrough in the uh, in the energy scenarios in the next uh, few years, uh, where it becomes clear what role of fusion will play next to all the other clean tech solutions.
0: Are there any particular industries or technologies you'd like to invest more in?
1: We need to ensure that the world heavy industries all get clean, and that's a problem. So. Uh, Chriswix is really focused on innovations for resource intensive, heavy industries. Uh, take, for example, the mining industry. There's a huge, uh, there, there are many things that, uh, that, the many opportunities in that industry. A very clear example of what we're doing in the mining industry is our portfolio company Mindsets which probably is the poster child currently for innovation in the mining industry. What what does MindSense do? Uh, They bring sensors to the scoop of these very big excavators. Uh, And these sensors uh, give an indication of what is in the scoop. So that in real time, when the operator, he or she takes a huge scoop of rock. They can see what is in it and can divide uh, the waste rock from the good ore. They can at that moment decide whether they send the scoop to the waste rock pile or if they do what they always do in the mining industry. And that is bring everything up from the mine, drive it down the road to the mill and crush and further process everything. By dividing waste rock uh, from good ore with this sensor process of general of uh, mine sense, uh, we can at this moment in time, uh, take out about thirty percent of the waste rock at the beginning of the value chain. The results of that from an environmental point of view are tremendous because. You use way less diesel oil, and currently, still, the mining industry is one of the largest users of diesel oil in North America. And then, for every barrel of diesel oil that you use, uh, you typically in the mining uh, industry use a multiple of barrels of water, which result in tailing points. So, by significantly reducing the, the, the need for diesel oil and the need for water There's an enormous environmental impact. But the bottom line impact is staggering. The bottom line impact for a small mine is very quickly uh, tens of millions of dollars straight to the bottom line on an annual uh, basis. And for a larger zinc copper mine, uh, uh, the, uh, the bottom line impact could hit a few hundred million on, um, on an annual basis. So these type of industries uh, that, uh, like every other industry, need to be clean. Uh, And and so the the opportunities to uh, to clean them up with innovative technologies are tremendous and uh, will also for investors be very attractive in the years to come. How do we meet the clients reinvesting? we have a huge international network. Uh, Chrysalix has uh, people, our main office here is in Vancouver. Uh, we have an office at the Technical University in Delft in the Netherlands. Uh, we have people in uh, London and we have venture partners in, in Asia. Uh, so we spend the world with our own people then uh, we are typically supported by a host of large international companies. Most of them big industrials. Think of players like Petronas, Shell, Total, Kuwait Petroleum in the uh, energy industry, uh, EDF, Fortum, uh, and and other utility uh, players. Uh, Think of mining companies uh, like, Hitachi Mining uh, Corporation, uh, Tech here in uh, in Canada, Sabastol from uh, Russia and many others. These large companies see deals, but most of the large companies uh, have no business in working with very early stage companies. they are simply not set up to do that. So they throw us deals. Uh, then we have a unique supporting global academic network. Uh, there are about 20 universities participating in that network, but uh, there are four core universities, cornerstone universities, as we call them. Uh, they include here in Canada, Waterloo for their outstanding knowledge in IoT. And uh, they include uh, Carnegie Mellon for uh, their AI expertise. Uh, They include uh, the University of Delft in the Netherlands, which in in, uh, smart robotics is probably the number one in the world. And then uh, the uh, leading uh, university in Singapore. Uh, What we do with them, we set out challenges uh, into that university network, uh, where uh, university professors, students and small companies around these uh, universities, compete to come up with the best solution for uh, an idea that uh, that we need a solution for. Uh, and so that's a good source of uh, of deal flow as well. But the bulk of our deal flow comes from people all over the world who have heard from Chryslix, our brand name in this industry is very strong and many entrepreneurs want to work with us and uh, either at conferences or in other ways, knock on our doors and say, gee, can you look at our opportunities? Can you help us? Because we know that in building a young company, just a check is not uh, what it is all about. the the enormous uh, knowledge and network uh, base that Chryslics have provides way more support. And that of course is essential for any young company. Uh, It's very fundamental. ESG is more for the large financial institutions and a little bit the industrials, but primarily for the financial institutions to, to measure what they are doing, uh, and uh, I think it is, on the one hand, terrific that so much attention is going to ESG these days. On the other hand, uh, there are—it's—it's just the beginning. We need to go way further with ESG than uh, than we are currently seeing. Why do I say that? Uh, there's a lot of greenwashing in ESG. ESG currently has many large financial institutions and pension funds uh, invest or disinvest, I should say, from the energy industry. And then the question, of course, is, well, that may be good, but where does that money go to? And so most of that money these days goes straight into the big five techs in Apple and Amazon and Facebook. And, uh, uh, and why is that? Because it's safe. It's risk free. It's, uh, it's certainly not providing capital necessary For the energy transition that we need. So I'm actually saying we need to go a massive step further. The big pension funds should not stop there and and basically in the past they would have put their money from they divested from the oil and gas industry in bonds and now they have prepped up uh, the, uh, uh, the big tech companies. They should start putting more money in innovative breakthrough technologies that we need for the energy transition. They should put money behind the Swantes, the mind sensors, the general fusions of this world, uh, because they are the companies that will uh, make a very big impact uh, on whether we will be successful in the energy transition. Or not. Uh, the problem is that uh, if a big pension fund invest in the big five tech companies, they basically over time make it harder for small companies to compete. They make the cost of capital for small companies more difficult. They uh, lure away with uh, the highest salaries they can make, they can pay uh, the crucial talent that we need on the engineering side in uh, in the uh, clean tech space in order to be successful in the energy transition. So I would like to see that many of the big financial institutions step a little bit away from uh, being afraid of what their risk management department has to say about some of the investments that are clearly not proven because they are laying the ground for a new future. But I would invite them to come to the table. That would be real true ESG. Now, uh, there's another element around ESG and that is the E in the eye of the big financial players is massive and the S and the G get hardly any attention. In the world in which we live today, we should turn it around. We should ensure that we pay under ESG massive attention first to the G. Why is that? Because in democratic institutions, in democratic societies, uh, governments should set the rules of the game. Governments should define the playing field. Uh, And uh, then companies should play within that defined field. Currently, we have very large corporations that set their own rules. And that doesn't bode well for a clear strategy on energy transformation. The S in ESG should also get much more attention because if we wanna do a successful energy transition, we need people to vote for that. So we need the masses included. So I always say that for the next few years, I would hope that we can have GSE instead of ESG, a lot of attention to the governance issues, a lot of attention to the social uh, issues so that we educate the uh, masses and get the votes to have a successful path to an energy transition. Did I answer your question?
0: Yeah, you did a really good job of um, highlighting some of the key messages um, in the article that you wrote uh, for Forbes about moving from ESG to GSE, so um, so thank you for that. Um, and I want to talk... Pivot the conversation a little bit. Uh, you're you're also a co-founder of EVOC, which is a partnership with Synovus, Suncor, and the BC Clean Tech CEO Alliance. Can you elaborate on the work you do? Yeah, here? I
1: was only involved in the beginning. So if you say what work are you doing, uh, uh, I'm not doing anything on EVOC today. Uh, and 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 frankly. Uh, when we started with EFOC, we had a very uh, neat idea that there would be a lot of benefit from the for the BC clean tech industry coming from uh, from working together with uh, with the oil and gas companies in uh, in Alberta. Uh, I think I'm a bit disappointed in that. Uh, uh, basically, uh, yeah, I haven't seen the, 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 the spillover benefits that we uh, would have hoped to see. Now, of course, Alberta needs this. Alberta really is a unique uh, energy ecosystem, uh, and it would be great if we could uh, help transfer that energy ecosystem into an energy ecosystem for the future. Uh, That would be great for the world, but that would in particular be great for all these people in Alberta who have unique capabilities in the energy industry, unique capabilities in building projects in the energy industry. And it would be a shame to let it go uh, to waste. But Uh, We need uh, leaders that can see that new future. We need leaders that don't want to hold desperately on to the past because the world is passing by them. I have uh, in the past said to the leadership of both Syncor and Sonovus, you can only use your balance sheet once. And uh, let's use that to build the new future instead of desperately trying to hold on to the past because uh, the cost curve is what it is always about. And the cost curve uh, and the international uh, demand behind that doesn't lie. And so uh, let's be open and honest and let's work together on a, on a new energy ecosystem for Alberta uh, in which uh, Cleantech should play a big role. And it is time that uh, uh, the Cleantech side and the more traditional energy side come together uh, in a much more aggressive way than, uh, than we have done in the past few years.
0: So you sit on several boards. Uh, can you tell us about some of the companies as well as the ESG and sustainability work they're doing? Um,
1: like I said, in many of the boards on where I sit, which are uh, five or six uh, boards in the clean tech space, uh, they live and breathe ESG. Uh, it is more, of course, uh, the question: How do large corporate boards? How do they uh, work with uh, with ESG? And and I'm quite frequently uh, asked for advice in large corporate boards because that is where uh, where uh, the, the the very big differences will have to come uh, and. Uh, uh, it starts with bringing in metrics, measuring what uh, what uh, the, the environmental and energy transition results and the, the, the non-polluting results of certain projects will be. And in the uh, really forward looking uh, big boards, we see now that, uh, Uh, a link is being made between ESG targets and executive compensation. It started a few years ago with some of the oil and gas companies, and most notably Shell. Uh, But uh, more recently, we now see that uh, that, uh, large financial institutions are also starting to think of that, and and, uh, it's very interesting to see that earlier this week Mark Carney in the Financial Times made a plea of linking for big pension funds, uh, the executive pay also, to ESG targets.
0: How do you think venture capitalism will change in the next five years? Uh,
1: that's an interesting question. If I would know that, uh gee, I would, uh, I would uh, make my colleagues very, very happy. Uh, uh, <laughs> I think that uh, once we see the breakthrough of uh, companies like Swante and General Fusion, it will probably renew interest in the the scary side of the venture capital industry. Because uh, these type of platform technologies, these breakthrough technologies that we need for the energy transition, they are not for uh, every investor. They are not for the faint of heart. Uh, They come with long timeframes they come uh, with, uh, uh, with, with, with this capital intensity that is uh, uh, way more uh, serious than when you invest in an app. But I think that in the next few years, we will see that the world realizes that for a successful energy transition, uh, we will need to clean up All industries in the world, all industries will have to become clean and that investing in just a few apps is not going to make it. And as a result of that, I expect a a renewed interest of very large investors in this space. So I'm actually very optimistic about what will happen. I mean, I see that uh, in, uh, in the interest in some of our portfolio companies, which has gone up tremendously like already said, carbon uh, is uh, is almost becoming uh, the flavor of the day. Uh, fusion uh, draws a lot of, uh, of uh, interest. Clean water draws a lot of interest. And I expect that uh, the hardship of the COVID pandemic uh, makes many people realize that uh, we only have one world, and we better take care of it because uh, otherwise we may uh, in 2030 years from now uh, realize that uh, in 2020 we put on face masks and we never took them off because we never could take them off so we better uh, we better take notice but i'm very hopeful that uh, that uh, in particular the large financial institutions will uh, will start moving into, into this space, will start realizing that if their play in ESG is only divesting from oil and gas companies and putting uh, money in the alternative bond market that is currently provided by uh, Apple, Amazon, Facebook, Microsoft, uh, and others, uh, that, uh, that will not be enough to uh, shape a better future that all of us deserve.
0: Well, that's a great note to end on. Um, how can people get in touch with you? And well, uh,
1: I have a unique name. There's only one guy uh, with the name Wolf in Europe. So if you go to the uh, internet, <laughs> it's very easy to find me. Uh, and the same with Chrislux. Go to our website, uh, and uh, uh, if you want to talk uh, to me or any of my colleagues or any of our portfolio companies, uh, the uh, Chris the info at Chrislux uh, email address on that website uh, can provide you directly uh, with uh, with a link to a to a Chrislux representative.
0: Perfect. Well, this has been such an interesting conversation. I really appreciate your insights on venture capitalism and um, your really unique thoughts on moving from ESG to GSE. So thank you so much. Thank for you for having
1: all. me. And uh, yeah, uh, uh, I think you're doing a great job with this uh, uh, podcast, Candle. Uh, so success with the next month.
0: Thanks for joining me on this episode of Green Bull Radio. I'm your host, Kendall Titchener. Please submit guest ideas and ESG-related questions via our social media, at Green Bull Radio, on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Thanks for listening.